Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You know that suffering is a given in this fallen world. However, to rejoice in suffering and to actually rejoice in suffering for Christ's sake, well, that's a different story. So to me, the question becomes why it is, and perhaps more importantly, how it is that we, like Paul, as Christians, can actually rejoice in suffering. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. To rejoice in suffering seems backwards. Wouldn't the natural response to suffering be anything but joyful? Not for a follower of Jesus. In today's message, Pastor J.D. addresses this baffling concept according to the Scripture. Listen and gain better understanding in how it applies to your walk with Christ. And now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Colossians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 24 and all the way to the end of the chapter in verse 29 will be our text. The Apostle Paul is writing to this church there in Colossae by the Holy Spirit from prison, a church that he had never been to of all the churches. And he says, verse 24, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. How's that for starters? And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the Word of God in its fullness, the mystery, verse 26, that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, verse 29, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So I want to talk about rejoicing in suffering. I think you would agree that what Paul says in verse 24 about rejoicing in suffering 
is one of those things that is easier said than done. Would you agree with me on that? Especially when the suffering is for someone else other than yourself. You realize that this is what Paul is actually saying here. He's saying, I rejoice in suffering for you. You do? Yeah. Listen, I, (laughs) when it comes to suffering, my struggle is rejoicing in that suffering, but to ask me and say to me, rejoice in suffering for you as the body of Christ, the church. I hope you don't think less of me when I say that that's not necessarily an easy do. This is what he's saying. He's rejoicing in suffering for them, for the sake of the body of Christ, which is the church. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you know that suffering is a given in this fallen world. However, to rejoice in suffering and to actually rejoice in suffering for Christ's sake, well, that's a different story. So to me, the question becomes why it is, and perhaps more importantly, how it is that we, like Paul, as Christians, can actually rejoice in suffering. Thankfully, the Apostle Paul is going to answer this question for us in the text that is before us today. First, we have the answer to the why question in verse 25. Notice, Paul says, he's a servant, bond slave, by the commission, the calling, if you will, that God gave him to present the Word of God in its fullness. And then he explains what that is in verses 26 through 28, saying it's the mystery that was once hidden, but now revealed. And that mystery is that God chose to save the Gentiles with the Jews. And aren't you glad? I know I am. Anyone who is not a Jew is a Gentile. And this was the mystery that heretofore was hidden, concealed, but is now revealed. Listen to what Paul says to the church in Ephesus. It's in Ephesians 3 verse 6. He says, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Now think this through with me. Paul was called to this mystery this great commission 
of bringing the gospel of salvation found in Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Now this great commission to which we are called is that which explains why it is that we can rejoice in suffering for Christ's sake. And here's how I get there. I've heard it said this way, slaves have no rights and slaves can't quit. I'll give you some time on that one. And Paul knew this. Being called to this great commission, fulfilling this great unveiling of this great mystery where the Gentiles along with the Jews could also be saved. Well, that comes with a cost, which is why it is so important to count the cost, especially for those who serve the Lord. Early on when I entered the ministry and entered the pastorate, this was one of the most difficult things for me to really learn. Coming out of the corporate world where, you know, I had my own business and I basically called all the shots and did whatever I, you know, deemed important to do and necessary to do, that which I prioritized to do. I could hire, fire, I could resign, I could promote, I could do whatever I basically wanted because I was the owner. And then I sold my business and I entered the ministry. And boy, was I in for a rude awakening. Because when, not if, the ministry gets hard, there's always that tendency to want to quit. And I'm not very proud of this. But I have to say this, just to be very candid with you, there were several times early on, this is back on the mainland, not here, so don't look at me like that. (laughs) There were so many times where early on in the pastorate, I just thought, man, oh my goodness. I want to go back into the corporate world, kind of like Peter go back to his fishing business. I wasn't a fisherman, but (laughs) here God had called me to be a fisher of men. And when the going got tough, I wanted out and I tried to quit. And it was actually a word fitly spoken to me when my pastor said to me, the only problem with that, JD, is slaves can't quit. I thought, oh yeah, I'm a bond slave. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm serving the Lord. I'm called by the Lord. And what comes packaged with that calling is the suffering for Christ's sake. The suffering comes packaged with the calling. And that's why it is. Now, If that's the why, what's the how? Well, the how is answered in verse 29, where Paul says, notice, to this end, he strenuously contends 
with all the energy Christ so powerfully worked in him. You know what he's referring to there? He's referring to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how. How can I possibly rejoice in the suffering that comes packaged with the calling as a servant? The Holy Spirit. It's the how of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do the what of the Holy Word. You know, early on in my Christian life, I tried in the energy of my own flesh to live the Christian life. And it was riddled with failure. Why? Because I was trying in my own strength. And that's a recipe for disaster. The only way to live a holy life is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when, again, not if, the trials come, the suffering hits, it's the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Think about this. I I was uh, thinking about this this last week. As believers in and followers of Jesus Christ, born again of the Spirit of God, do you realize that we actually have Almighty God living in us? We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. So wherever we go, whatever we do, Whatever we encounter, whatever we face, whatever difficulty, whatever trial, we have the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, indwelling us. And we have access to, I would say, unfettered access to that power, that dunamis in the original language, where we get our English word for dynamite, we have unfettered access to that power to do that which God has called us to do. Perhaps you've heard it said this way, God's calling is God's enabling. Let me say the same thing in a different way. God will never call us to do anything as difficult as it might be, as much suffering as it might entail, without also enabling us to do it. He can't. That's inconsistent with who God is. Then He would be party to our disobedience, to our faltering and our failing, and He cannot do that. God will call us to serve Him, and then He will package with that calling the enabling, the empowering to do that which He's called us to do. Now why is that important? Because the suffering comes packaged with the calling. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to first count the cost, and you need to pick up the cross, and you need to die to yourself and all of your rights. Oh, I didn't sign up for that. Well, maybe that's the problem. You know, many times, 
and I pray I'm not guilty of this, but the gospel that's preached is come to Christ and all your problems will go away. (laughs) Oh, happy day. Well, I'm here to say that on that day when I came to Christ, it only just began. (laughs) I mean, I had no idea what awaited me. This whole death to self thing, that's not fun. That sounds very painful. It is. But there's this death to self. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. You don't call the shots anymore. You are now my servant, my slave. I know that's strong. Dulos in the original, bond slave, where now you serve me. You live for me. You don't live for yourself. And so when adversity strikes, and adversity will strike, it's not a matter of if, but when, our response to it, our rejoicing in it, will be proportionate to our death to self. Does that make sense? We have a problem though. And the problem is that we misunderstand, even misinterpret, why it is that God allows suffering in our lives in the first place. We're prone to think that I must be out of God's will. Because this is very painful, this is very difficult, this, I'm suffering, I must be out of God's will. Or even worse yet, and this is a biggie, this was a biggie for me. You'll forgive the personal reference, but I just grew up in a home where my earthly father was a very angry man, and I did not have a very good loving relationship with him and I feared him, and because he was always angry with me, I always tried to keep my distance from him. And it took me the longest time to not see my heavenly father through the lens of my earthly father, because my heavenly father is not angry with me. He took all of his anger and all of his wrath, and he put it on his only begotten son, Jesus the Christ, on that cross almost 2,000 years ago when he paid the price for my sin. There's, There's no anger. He's not angry with me. And he's not punishing me. But isn't our first thought almost like a default when adversity strikes and we're suffering in some hardship and some difficulty? Isn't our our default, oh God must be mad at me. He's not mad at you. Satan wants you to think that he's mad at you and angry with you, punishing you, because if he can get you to think that, then you're going to keep your distance from him. And that's what his whole strategy is, is, see, once you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Satan 
shifts his strategy, because now that you're saved, he wants to distance you from the Lord. So how's he going to do that? Oh, he wants to convince you, deceive you into thinking that God is just waiting to give you a good licking. (laughs) Now I'm not speaking of, let me hasten to say, I'm not talking about the chastisement of the Lord. Certainly there are those times where God disciplines us as His children. But what I'm talking about is when you're right smack in the middle of the trial of your life, but you're also right smack in the middle of God's will for your life. Here's where we go wrong, and here's where we unnecessarily suffer, if I can say it that way. We think that because of the difficulty, we're out of God's will. We just conclude wrongly that if it's not smooth sailing, so to speak, that I must not be in the middle, middle of God's will, when the opposite is true. I think of the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus sends them on ahead in the boat into the storm knowingly. And here they are right smack in the middle of a perilous life and death storm, yet they are right smack in the middle of God's will. So why? (laughs) Why does God allow then the suffering? Because He wants to prepare me for that which He has prepared for me. It's been said that God cannot do a work through you until He first does that work in you. He has to prepare you for that which He's preparing for you. I think of the Apostle Paul, who could say, I rejoice in my suffering for you. Keep in mind the preparation that the Apostle Paul went through after he was saved on that road to Damascus, three years, the Lord Jesus Himself taught him and prepared him for that which was prepared for him. And this is why he could write, and I don't think it's an exhaustive list, of all the pain and suffering and trials and difficulty and hardship that he encountered for Christ's sake, for the sake of the gospel, he could still remain steadfast through all of that. Why? Because God prepared him for it. The book of Colossians was written long ago to followers of Jesus, but the truth it conveys is relevant to your life right now. As with many of the early churches, false teachers were plaguing the Colossian church, and false teachers try to derail people today. They use pieces of scripture to sound legitimate, but often these passages are taken out of context and lack the love and truth intended by the author. These false teachers can be difficult to spot, but through studying God's word and staying connected to him, you'll have the ability to see them as the deceivers they are. We pray you continue to study God's Word for yourself, even after our time with you today on In Spirit and Truth has Ended. 
If you'd like to keep listening, we do encourage you to visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Our audio library is available in the archive, or you can also take these teachings on the go with our mobile app. Find links to download at our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This app is a great asset for your time of study. Not only will you have Pastor JD's Bible teachings, there's also helpful links and access to the latest editions of Pastor JD's weekly Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor JD takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time for more from Colossians right here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth.